Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, I had a bunch of different things written down for future subjects to talk about for a future podcast. And I skipped all I skipped over all of those because I felt I needed to talk about what we're going to talk about today because my goal is to always be transparent and honest with you because we're all real humans here, right? We're uh and we're all songwriters and or probably at least Uh, musicians of some kind, which probably means that we're all a little bit psychologically broken. Just, just, just a little bit anywhere from a little bit to a lot. Um, so I want to always be honest with you. And the reality is sometimes discouragement is going to come and it will weigh you down a lot. And it doesn't matter how confident you are. I'm normally a pretty, uh, confident person. I'm not, I'm not the type to not believe in myself to be able to do things or to be able to do things well. Um, and yet even the most confident people you see are going to deal with discouragement. They're going to deal with imposter syndrome. They're going to not believe in themselves sometimes. And several things went into me choosing to talk about this today. One of those things was my own recent experience that I'm going to go into a little bit. And another one is while I was in the middle of that experience, uh, I started watching the newest collection of comedians and cars getting coffee, which by the way is fantastic. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I love that show on multiple levels, uh, besides Jerry Seinfeld and then his guests usually being generally funny since, well, comedians, uh, I I find it very interesting. Some of the things they talk about Jerry even compared, has multiple times compared songwriting with, um, with writing comedy. It's very, very interesting to, to see some of those similarities as well. Um, so especially as songwriters, I, I definitely recommend you check it out. It's also kind of motivating too, cause you can see, oh wow, if I make it, um, with something, look at all this cool stuff I can do. Uh, not that I expect, you know, expecting to make it as much as Jerry Seinfeld has is, Pretty high expectations since he's worth almost a billion dollars just off of doing comedy, which is pretty baller. But, um, that also went into me talking about this because he was in the first episode of the new collection. He was talking with Eddie Murphy. And, you know, if you, if you think of, of kings of comedy, especially, especially, uh, 20 years ago, I mean, Jerry's still at the top, but, um, Obviously, Eddie has sort of not done comedy for a, a good while now. Um, and they both talked about times that they just blew it on stage. They just couldn't do it. And they sucked and they felt horrible about themselves. And, and specifically, Eddie Murphy was talking about several scenarios where he bombed. And thinking about that, like, like these guys are the guys you think of as, as some of the, the top of this food chain, right? And even they have been there. They've failed 
on stage, uh, failed mightily on stage even. And, and yet whenever we fail, sometimes it's easy to instantly creep into imposter syndrome or think that you're never going to get where you want to go and you're all and you're bad and you're always going to be bad, which gets me to the point of what happened with me. So last week, I was having a rough week already. It was just one of those weeks where nothing at work was, was, was going particularly well. I mean, the social side was, was fine. Um, I get along with my coworkers, love my coworkers. But, uh, for the last couple of days, uh, the code was just cause I'm a software developer by day, um, was just not cooperating. And, and so imposter syndrome was starting to creep in where I'm like, why? Like this, it felt like something that shouldn't be that hard, especially compared to other things I've done very well recently. And yet I just couldn't get it to work right. And then, uh, fast forward, or it's not even really fast forward the next day, right? Cause this is, th- this is Thursday and Friday. This is happening. And then on Friday is when I finally planned to, because re- re- I had restrung my acoustic guitar very recently. And I'm like, okay, this is the perfect time for the EP that I'm working on to record some acoustic guitar parts. So I decided to start with the one that is hardest because it involves, um, picking with, with a pick, not finger picking, but, um, and, and, and if you've ever recorded acoustic guitar, you know how finicky it is. You make a tiny little mistake that nobody would ever hear live. And it's very obvious that this is just a little bit of buzz. It becomes very obvious. So you need to absolutely nail it. But this is a song that I wrote literally like seven and a half years ago. So probably would go well, right? Especially considering I spent about three hours working on this total. I mean, part of that was resetting up my booth, but, um, spent three hours on a Saturday afternoon. My wife was out doing errands or something. I I forget taking the dog to training class, something like that. So I had the time. I had the house to myself. I felt in, in the just ready and then my fingers just didn't want to do it. Stage a revolt. Went on strike. However you want to look at it. And I got some okay takes, but for the, for the most part, it was just a really discouraging day of music because I felt like that was my time. Nail some takes, get this part over with. Cause of all the things I have to record for the CP, this is easily the part I dreaded the most. And it didn't go well. So it was pretty discouraging. So I was feeling down on Saturday night. Cause up to this point, right? My day job wasn't as far as the skill part of my day job, the actual software development hadn't gone well for two days. My number one passion, which is music and songwriting and recording that music, uh, didn't go well on Saturday. So then I wake up Sunday morning really early, didn't go to bed as early as I should have. And woke up again on, on Sunday morning very early because I have to now because I'm part of the worship team and we start at 8.30 and church is about 30 minute drive away from me. And uh, if if you know anything about uh, modern day worship music, it is that is generally extremely easy, easy to play. Like it's, the, it's the kind of thing that if you're remotely competent at guitar, which guitar is what I do for the praise team. 
Um, you can sort of just, I mean, it's usually the type that you can show up, not even look at the music beforehand and still do, uh, fine. Um, which isn't even what I did with this, but, uh, showed up and for some reason, just, I could not for this one specific song, which admittedly did have a fairly tricky rhythm compared to other worship songs, for sure. The specific part I was trying to play, but still, um, it just, again, it just wasn't, it, I just couldn't do it that day. And at this point I'm having like a, uh, I don't want to say psychological meltdown cause it's not like I was freaking out or anything, but like I was just so discouraged at this point because at this point it feels like I can't do anything right for the things that I really care about. And, and not not only that but with with this podcast songwriter theory i um i ended up within a week of that uh sending out an email i had made a, a an awesome uh free guide on music theory that i'm fairly convinced is the greatest it's it's so good like i'm i'm not even going to pretend to that this it, it's so good like legitimately this guide would take someone from not knowing theory to knowing more than enough theory or, or certainly enough theory to just crush it for songwriting and to not no longer be ignorant of keys and intervals and, and, uh, chords and, and how you make them and, and all that sort of stuff and send it out to someone that I really respect a lot. Um, and is largely an inspiration for why I'm doing this podcast. And he was really polite about it. Um, said that they already had the music theory stuff or the songwriting stuff outsourced. Uh, so we'll have to pass. And he was really nice about it. And, but it was just one of those things that like, even though his reasoning made sense and he doesn't need to explain himself. Right. And he was very nice about it and even encouraging about it. Um, at that point, just so many things had gone wrong that I, it was just full on like, is like nothing is going right now. So. Naturally, at this point, I'm feeling incredibly discouraged because it feels like everything I'm doing is just, just, uh, it just wasn't working. And that's going to happen sometimes. So really what I want to talk about today is not look at all these discouraging things that have happened to me recently, but how to deal with it. Because I've, I've had to deal with it uh, the past couple weeks and... You know, sometimes it's not always logical, right? In fact, it's rarely logical because really I know that none of these things have any effect on how good at these things I actually am, nor does it have any effect on future success in them, right? Because as good as I might be or bad, you know, as, as, as wherever I am on the good, bad spectrum, um, for podcasting right now, right? Like if you're listening and you think, wow, he's really good at podcasting. Or if you're listening to me and you think, wow, this, this guy's just the worst. Like, why, why do I even listen to this podcast? Regardless, right? Every time I keep making a podcast, I'm going to do, I'm going to get better. And that doesn't mean every single podcast can be better than the last, the last podcast, but the podcast I'll be making in two years, I'm going to be that much better, that much more natural at doing them. I'll be better at, at, at what podcasting really is, which is me looking at my computer screen because that's what happens to be in front of me while talking into a mic. You know, I, I can't see you. I can't, it's not like I have pictures of people up so that I pretend I'm talking to people. 
Um, and I certainly don't write my podcasts out, right? Like often I'll write the blog first so that I have an idea of what I'm going to say, but for the most part, I'm just talking and I have no co-host to bounce off of, but I'm going to get better as time goes on. And I know that, but it doesn't always feel like that, right? Even though I know, you know, I'm a competent enough guitarist to, um, normally do fine on, on, for the worship service on Sunday mornings. Uh, I know I normally can play the song that I tried to record for three hours and didn't get that many good takes. Um, and even the good takes are like not as good as I imagined in my head. And these things are going to happen. And there's going to be other discouragements too, which we'll dive into a little bit. Um, and it's all about how we deal with them because they're going to happen. No matter what, nothing is going to just go great for you, right? Like, I think we all have this fantasy that we're going to record this song, put it out, and somebody will discover it and will become famous overnight. And everybody will be like, wow, what a great songwriter with that once. And that's just ridiculous. That's just not how it works. So the first step to dive into dealing with this discouragement is to see the discouragement for what it is. And honestly, most often, discouragements are really relatively small roadblocks that disguise themselves as indications that you aren't very good at what you do and never will be. Right? So that's, that's really what happened with me, right? Like one recording session went, went, didn't go well. One Sunday morning didn't go particularly well, which we didn't have as much time to practice as, as I would have liked. We didn't, uh, practice as instrumentalists beforehand. Um, so there's lots of reasons to see, and it was a more difficult song than normal that, than, that we were used to. So there's lots of reasons you can see even, even beyond like, you know, Eddie Murphy bombed, like even the great ones have bad concerts. The great ones have, have absolute dud performances. Nobody remembers those, but they're there. So you have to remember that these things are small roadblocks, right? Like the fact that I took three hours to record easily the most difficult part to record of this entire EP. Now, don't hear that as necessarily the hardest part to record uh, so much as, um, or the, sorry, the hardest part to play so much as it is because the nature of acoustic guitar and how much you can't really hide um, any little imperfections and little buzzes and all those sorts of things is, is really what makes this the most difficult part. But really those are tiny roadblocks, right? Like, like me failing at those two things are not an indication that I'm not good at what I do. And, and, and they're certainly not indications that I also will never be good at what I do, right? Like I'm still getting better at all of these things. I'm practicing guitar more. I'm practicing piano more. Um, you could say I'm practicing podcasting more to bring it back to this podcast, right? Like I'm not, I've mostly maintained the once a week, but, um, each one is more practice and more practice and you get better with time. So but we often allow these discouragements that are really relatively small roadblocks to like define how good we are at what we do and how good, like what our top end capability is, our peak. We think, oh, well, I've already peaked, which is ridiculous. But it's, it's, it's often what discouragement is. 
it's, um, and in this case, it's basically imposter syndrome and is just utter nonsense, really. And there's going to be external discouragements too. So sometimes it's internal, like the examples I gave, right? Like that's all something that I myself was personally responsible for. I was personally responsible for how well I did of recording that day. I was personally responsible for how ready I was for um, playing in the worship team that Sunday morning. Those are on me, totally. Um, but there are some things that are external to you, right? It might be a parent that doesn't like your music because of some silly reason, like too many electric guitars, or if you're a rap artist, I never liked that rap noise. Um, or just, you know, they just aren't into it. Maybe they just like, I don't know, Southern gospel stuff and you're, you're, you're doing country or which actually there's some similarities there, but, um, or, or friends after seeing you work your butt off on an album for over a year and a half, they still ask if they can have it for free instead of the measly $8 you're asking for it. And you might say, well, Joseph, that seems oddly specific. And that's because that also happened to me. And there are few things more discouraging than that, because I think we all have silly expectations when we make a project. Like for some reason, I, I didn't think about how, like, you need to promote this. You need to grow your audience. You need to like, there's so many things you need to do to an ex expect an album to be whatever your measurement of success is successful. And just being like, Oh, look, here's an album to your friends on Facebook. Like that's, that's, not how it's done, right? Like, nope, nobody cares, which that's a whole side issue. But, uh, at this point you're, at least in my case, I was kind of angry. I was kind of annoyed and resentful that like, really, I, I know for a fact you took your girlfriend to coffee just yesterday. And I know that costs you at least $8 based on where you went, but you're not willing to spend $8 for a project that you saw me work on for a year and a half. Multiple times I said, sorry, I can't hang out because I was working on this for a year and a half. Uh, my band and I, we did it during college. It was my freshman and then half of my uh, sophomore year is when we recorded this. And I recorded it over the summer as well. But, you know, we, we sacrificed a lot. We sacrificed a lot of time because we were learning how to do this. We were learning how to you know, try to make it sound good, even though we we're recording in our, our dorm rooms. Um, and we sacrificed a lot with socialization and, and other things. And, and these friends saw this and then the $8 price point was still, they wanted it for free. And there's a couple of realities here to talk about. And one is the reality that people have taste. You know, your mom's taste in music is probably not going to change because of the music that you write. Your friend's taste in music is not going to change. So the idea that people close to you should necessarily um, love your music is ridiculous, right? There's like, there's taste. And that doesn't even mean your music isn't fantastic, right? If anything, the people closest to you are going to have the hardest time seeing how good you are. Because you're just Johnny, you're just Susan, you're just whatever your name is, you're just that person to them. And your parents are never going to see you uh, like as anything but the little baby they raised 
that they washed naked in a sink at one point. You know what I mean? Like, and your friends are just going to like, you're just Joseph. I will always be just Joseph to my friends, no matter how much I kill it. Right. If this podcast takes off, if I keep working at it and someday it's the number one songwriting podcast and everybody will say, Hey man, if you want to learn how to songwrite, go check out songwriter theory. He does a great job. He breaks it down. He keeps it real. Um, go check that out. Like to my friends, it'll be like, Oh yeah. How's that going? Oh, good. Good. Number one. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Right. But at the end of the day, we're still going to go out in the backyard and play spike ball and be us. And I'm going to kick their butts because, because I'm pretty good at spike ball. But, um, yeah. So the other thing I play here is, is you need to temper your expectations with that, right? Like, your friends and family are always going to keep you with reality because you're always just going to be you to them. So that's one part of this. And the other part is, you know, from the friend's perspective with the album thing, right? Their perspective is probably, well, we're good friends. Why should he charge me? Meanwhile, you're thinking, or and I'm thinking, well, he's, he's my friend. How can he not want to put a measly $8 to support this, like, thing that he knows I'm doing? Like... Really? It's eight bucks. Like, which will make a big difference for me because if he and all my other friends do that, that will add up. Whereas to them, it's still just eight bucks. That's nothing. Just skip coffee one week. Not even one week, two days, depending on where you're buying coffee. Um, but at some point, our expectations are on us because we need to just sometimes lower these expectations. Another thing. That's really helpful to get beyond your discouragement is to discuss it. Find someone that you can trust. Find someone that you might know has gone through discouragement recently and open up to them about your discouragement, right? Because then you're going to feel less isolated. It's easy to feel isolated in discouragement. Feel like you're the only one. To feel like you're the only one holding this, holding this burden that you have and that everyone else is just crushing it. And everybody else is doing great and you see their painted on smiles and you think those must be genuine smiles. Unlike my smile, I'm the only one who can fool people into thinking that everything is okay. But discussing your discouragement is it names it right like it calls it out and then it just makes it easier to defeat it because now, now, you know, it's there, it's out in the open. It's no longer a burden that you're holding by yourself. You've sort of let it down. You've opened up this backpack burden to let somebody see it. And now that person might, you know, feel open. If they're going through discouragement, they'll discuss it back and then you'll feel less alone, which is, is really, I think one of the keys to defeating discouragement is realizing you're not alone in this discouragement. You're not the only person that's discouraged. You're not the only person that's made it through discouragement in the past. And in, in this person's case, right like now you can feel encouraged off of each other. Like, wait a second, I've had a discouragement in the past and I got past that. And then they'll be, in, they'll be encouraged by the fact that you got past a past discouragement and you'll be encouraged that they got past a past discouragement. And soon you realize, Hey, this whole thing is really not a big deal. I can do this. It was just a minor roadblock. I see this for what it is because now I've discussed it. I've called it out. I haven't kept it in my head because keeping these things in my head is the most destructive thing I can do. And then the last thing 
that is probably the most important, especially from a moral standpoint, which is to encourage others freely. It is so much better to give than to take. And I think people don't understand that until they do it, right? Like, especially now as an adult, I, I can't stand getting gifts, honestly. It's like, it's like too much pressure that like, what if they didn't get something that I love and then I have to like fake excitement because I don't want them to feel bad. It's just a mess. What I want to do is just be able to give gifts on for Christmas. That I love. I love when somebody's surprised, pleasantly surprised that like, you know, if my wife is pleasantly surprised that when I acted like I wasn't listening or acting like, you know, I wasn't paying attention, I did notice when she walked by something in a store and her eyes opened a little wider and she really wanted that. Or when she mentioned five months earlier that, that she wanted this one thing. And I remembered when she didn't think I would like stuff like that, right? Like that brings genuine joy. Not that it's not nice to also get gifts like that. Of course it is. But the same thing is true of encouragement, really. Where like, if you can encourage others and you see how much that affects them and that lights up their day, now, because you've lit their candle, they can go and light other people's candles, including yourself. But really, you've almost lit your own candle by, by the excitement of making somebody else feel encouraged. And often with you just being, having to think positively enough to encourage others, it will help you get in more of a mode where you're able to sort of encourage yourself. And don't get me wrong, in all of this, the added joy you get from encouraging others should be a byproduct. It should not be your motivation. Your motivation should be, I want to encourage others because that's what I would have liked other people to do for me. So whether you're discouraged or not, you should actively seek out ways to encourage other people. Your thought should always be, regardless of how my day is going, I want to make other people around me have better days just because they're around me. Like, I, I want to be a beacon of, of hope and encouragement to other people. And if you want to be that, or if you uh, are more stuck in discouragement right now, the way I have uh, been in and out of for the past couple weeks, a great place to go is to our, again, totally free, which I don't even think you can charge for it, but... I will specify that just in case. Uh, Facebook group, which is Songwriter Theory Mastermind, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Songwriter Theory Mastermind. All one word, no dashes, no nothing. Uh, and let us know your discouragement because I would love an opportunity to encourage others, to encourage you guys because... Um, well, what I just talked about, right? If we can all encourage each other, that's that, it's just good to have that. And it helps everyone, right? Encouraging others helps the people you're encouraging. It helps yourself as well. And giving is always better than taking. So if you want to discuss your discouragement or if you want to discuss, you know, the songwriter stuff that uh, I really want to be able to talk about in that group, uh, maybe discuss this podcast, discuss a past podcast, discuss some songs that you're working on, discuss, you know, maybe post a song, a link to a song that you're working on for people to critique in an encouraging way. 
Um, not that people can't be honest. I always want honesty, but we should be kind within our honesty. Um, then go ahead and join that group. There's, uh, only one person besides me at the moment, uh, which the positive side of that means that you have about as much access to me as theoretically one ever would have, because in theory, that group's only going to grow. It's not going to shrink. So now's the time to jump in, make some discussion, and uh, hopefully we can all talk and have a good, encouraging group of people who care about songwriting and this awesome art that we're all a part of. Hey friend, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I genuinely appreciate all of your support. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you have already told a friend, go tell another one. And if you want a simple guide to start writing a new song today, be sure to download my free guide, Simplify Songwriting, the simple guide to start writing a song today at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. If you're overwhelmed by songwriting or often get stuck in creative ruts, this guide will help you push through and get started writing your new song today.